Tom, maybe you could start off by talking about the character of Jeff and what attracted you to the role. Well, I don't know about the character, but um, <clears throat> I, I read the screenplay on this. And I, wa- I wasn't at home. And uh, I hadn't, you know, because my friends I was staying with, they went for a walk and said, have you got anything in the pipeline? And people, no, 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 nothing. And I sort of said to myself, but you never know, there might, there might be something on this. And there was. <laughs> and um, I, I read it um, straight off, except the first scene, not of the first scene of the film, the first scene of the drama, when he gets the letter, I just pulled me right in. Uh, this <clears throat> idea, which comes from the story, the story that, um, that Andrew got the idea of the film from is, 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 uh, is tiny. It's about ten pages. But the central idea of the girl down there in the ice, that's, that's the thing from the story. Also, one other word in the story Andrew used was the word heedless when he spoke of, uh, his, of their youth. But it, for the most part, it's Andrew's invention, the whole thing of the anniversary of the 45 years, in fact. I don't know what the story's called. Um, and I was just uh, completely taken in. I expect I read that scene again, and then I went on, but that, that was the thing of it, and that it was, um, to me, very powerful and personal. And, you know, I was thrilled that it was going to be made, it was, had a date, it, uh, you know, come and do it. You know, and uh, that doesn't happen a lot. It's not often that you you read something and... Um, of that taken by it. There we are. But as for the character, well, you probably know more than I do because you've just seen him. Um, <laughs> so, so did you know anything about Andrew Haig as a director? No. And I still haven't <laughs> seen his film. <laughs> well, I'm very traditional, I'm afraid. <laughs> In fact, I did start to look at it, but I'd lost my hearing aids because uh, I promised him I would look at it and I couldn't hear what they were saying. Anyway, I've, I've got some new ones there in tonight so I can hear what you say. So I'll maybe have another go. But I, on the whole, I do, I'm very old-fashioned and I love boy and girl. Not so much two boys, but I'm, I'm sure. And also, I didn't, I was so taken by the screenplay, I knew this was a very talented man. I didn't have to see how he shot it. I mean, Joe Bloggs could have shot it. I wouldn't, there's no way I wouldn't have wanted to do it. Uh, the fact that he is as accomplished as he is, you know, that's just good fortune. And did you have a discussion with him after you'd read the script about his intention in terms of tone, his directorial tone? No, he tone? said, he, he told us that uh, he doesn't like close-ups. There aren't that many. And uh, the sort of naturalistic thing of the, and the everyday thing of the film is due to, you know, it's, it's mostly two shots. Um, <clears throat> he said that, and he said that often you won't be seen, and <laughs> that's true enough. <laughs> but so uh, it doesn't seem to make much difference. Uh, I don't know if it, I think it's quite better not to be seen some of the time. Poor Charlotte, she's there. <laughs> All the time. Um, in fact, she said to me, because um, she's in every seat, as you've seen, and she said, yeah, but when you're not there, all I do is talk about you. I said, it's absolutely fine by me, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs>
And did you know that, had she already been cast? Or yes, she'd yes already so I could cast? see her and it was a very good image. Um, and there the whole thing was, you know, go to Norwich in um, <clears throat> six weeks. Wow. And it just doesn't happen like that. <clears throat> in fact, we, and I just got so involved in it. And before, a couple of weeks before we started shooting, my wife and I went to Venice, which I love. And quite recently I was saying to her, Oh, when are we going to Venice again? It was so lovely last time, wasn't it? She said, you weren't there. <laughs> I said, I, she said, you were just walking behind me. <laughs> Getting into character. Yeah, well, I, character. I was, I was in, uh, in Norfolk. Because he does speak at length quite often, and I love that. And um, I love learning my lines, getting up in the morning, especially when they're as beautiful as some of them are in this. And... Uh, so I, I was taken over by it, no question. So, so what kind of preparation did you do? Did you have any rehearsals with, with no, um, Charlotte? No, we met for a day, because this, this journalist said there was an, a, a pair of American actors who were going to play a couple, you know, live together, and so they decided the best preparation was to live together for six weeks. Well, Jesus, that was... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, thank you. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, we met one day, we read our scenes, and Charlotte and I went off to her Charlotte Street Hotel where she stays and had a drink and a bit of something. And that was it. And then, of course, we rehearsed scenes on the day, and he plotted them, and, and it was all very well organised. I mean, the house we shot in had a little house next to it where we could have a rest. Uh, we both stayed in the same bed and breakfast because Charlotte doesn't like hotels, except for the Charlotte Street Hotel. I mean, <laughs> you know, the rules, Charlotte's rules are very complicated. <laughs> but, uh, um, and we got, shared a car together, which was uh, a strain because I'm extremely punctual. Just... LAUGHTER but it all, it all seemed to help the tension in, in, in the film. <laughs> oh, very punctual. I remember my wife said, you mustn't rush Charlotte. I thought, yes, some hope. <laughs> but it all served its purpose, and um, I have quite a soft spot for her now. Now it's over. <laughs> uh, well, I'd be careful because I think she might leave you in the sequel. No, no, she knows. And also, I, I found a way of winding her up, you know, so that was, that was okay. Care to share that with us? No, no, no. I, just, <laughs> no, I can't remember. I just would do it, you know. Um, you have to, if you can't tease people on a film set, it's, it's unbearable, you know, because it's hard enough anyway without having... Got to have a bit of fun. Was it, was it a fun set to be on? Not all the time, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's the intensity of it, but it was very rewarding. I found a great sense of release when we got to the party. I mean, massive. Because, uh, well, for a start, I looked nice and I had a bow tie and I'd shaved, you know. And he'd got through his, his problem for the time being, as far as he knew. And uh, I really, I loved all that. And, and I felt I'd gone on a journey and, um, and the speech that I did, 
He always said in, always said in the script it was very moving. I never could see it as being remotely moving until uh, I came to do it, and then it was very moving. I don't know why, because I suppose we prepared, we worked, and, we, and also the film was shot in order, which is very helpful. And that doesn't happen. Mostly that doesn't happen. We do the kitchen scenes, you know, the beginning, the middle, the end. We do the bedroom scenes, the beginning, the middle, and the end. But then this, no, we went through. Pretty, I mean, certain dates would be locked in, like the dates going to the factory. Uh, but largely, 90%, it was shot in order, which is very, very helpful. Very helpful. And we shot a lot of scenes which weren't used. What, what, what kind of things weren't you? Well, the, the build-up of her realisation, hang on, he's, uh, you know, he's utterly taken up with this dead girl. And there was one very good scene that I, <clears throat> I missed first time when um, she's just curious as to how come they knew how to, where to write to you. And I thought, all right. Um, and, of course, he's, he's left... Her, his address with the Swedish authorities every time he, he's moved. And she, there was this, we've only moved twice, and I said to Andrew, then she can say three times. And, you know, it was twice, three times. Oh, another. And it was, um, I thought it was a terrific scene, and <clears throat> Andrew felt he could do without it. And he wanted his shape. And he worked at his shape, and we, he, he added things in... Um, in ADR, even, that weren't there in the original. There was one scene that I wasn't in that was reported, and I thought I'd be congratulated on this scene that I didn't, wasn't seen to do, which is when he went to the travel agents. So it's cut twice. First of all, I, it was reported, so I never did it, and then it was cut altogether, so that's twice I never... The audience had no awareness of his going to the travel agents and asking about Switzerland and then leaving in a rage. I thought, God, that's the convention that um, Andrew hit upon was that it would only go with her physical presence. So when when I, you know, when I, I'm only there when she's there. And as I said to Charlotte. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't get to do it. You go and see the, you know, the man making the arrangements. You take the ladies on the, on the broads. But I only get scenes with you. That's when I was teasing her, yeah. That's when I was teasing her. But that wasn't there in the original script then? So that was a choice no, that he no, made the, the later? Scene, the scene when I go to the, to the, not the, to the estate Chandler, agent yeah. was reported the estate agent tells Charlotte, she goes in and he tells her, well, was it somebody called Mercer? Oh, yes, he came. What was it? Oh, yes, he was wanted to know about trains, um, the planes to wherever it is in, in um, Switzerland. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden he just turned on his heel and got very angry and left. I thought, <laughs> that's... Now, I'd quite like to have done that scene. But anyway, it's, it's cut twice. It's not, it doesn't even exist as a reportage. But what you get is, she, you know, you, I think you're made aware there's a travel agent. And Andrew thought, well, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how did you find it for yourself as an actor um, shaping this kind of trajectory of your, the, the arc of your character and his change? Because that, the, the moment, obviously, when you read the letter is huge. Yeah, well, that's pretty, there's hardly any, any of me bef- before, before then, that, yeah. really. And um, yet, and he, yet he reshoot, he reshot that scene, so that it was less like uh, they found her. Uh, that less like that, and more like, you know, sweetheart. Can you remember? You remember that? Girl? <laughs> Do you remember a girl like, you know, <laughs> you can't believe this. They actually found her body. It's more like that. What, but, so it seems kind of we, more we inconsequential. Um, and then he, he used uh, the original one. <laughs> which, which I was very, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was tremendous. But I thought, well, he knows what he's doing. He wants to sort of ease into it more. And, um, you know, it's his film. And I have to be extraordinarily grateful that he asked me to be in it. And I am. And has it had, what kind of impact? I mean, obviously, at Berlin winning Silver Bear, has, has mm. that, that must have been great. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> no, because 50 years before, 50 years, I got um, the, the Volpi Cup, it's known as, at the Venice Film Festival for a film well, it wasn't as much talked about as Billy Lyon, The Long Distance Run. It's a film I do with Joe Losey and Dirk Bogard, um, the, so, the soldier who was uh, shot for desertion in the First World War. It was a very touching part, and I, I got the the Volpe Cup there from Venice Film Festival. Uh, Albert Finney had got it the year, two years before for Tom Jones, and uh, Colin Firth got it many years later for when he was the king. The and he said, he told me it meant more to him um, than the Oscar because of his Italian connections, and I thought, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I teased him about that. In fact, mine was stolen, and he said he would um, he would speak to them and get it get it back for me. But I'm still waiting. Where was it stolen? Oh, years ago, and it was a very difficult thing to steal because it rattled. <laughs> it had lion mouth rings at the either side. When you picked it up, it had it had a very distinctive sound. So the burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was this from uh, your I, house, Albert. No, which, the base was the only bit that was worth anything. He left that. But he took the cut, which was worthless, and rattled. And then many years later, I was moving some um, some stuff for Albert from Manchester, where I was working, to London because his mother, Albert's mother, had moved in with Albert's sister, and so there was a lot of Albert's mementos to be got rid of. So I was handed this cardboard box. Could have put in the boot of my car. Uh, rattle, rattle. I said, that's the Volpe car. And he couldn't believe it. But it was. And this is all true. Um, I have lots more questions I could ask, but I think I should put this out to the audience. Um, hi, Tom. It's a fantastic film. You must be one of the few men, surely, to turn down the chance of living with Charlotte Rampling for six weeks. Oh, that I can't say. <laughs> and a supplementary question... Do you agree with what it says in the film, what she says in the film, about why and when men cry? I, I can't really, but probably not, because I cry 
all the time, really. Well, a lot of the time. I, I can't really remember. It's a while since I've seen it. Uh, oh, men, why do the men cry? Well, Geraldine James in the film yeah, talks about... Yeah, I know it's scene with Geraldine. And, and she talks about the fact that her husband cried and that men always cry unexpectedly when they don't think they're going to. Yeah, and well, it's a, yeah, actually it's true. a horrible moment in the film because you think, well, oh my God, well, I is did, he going I did to, is he not the, going um, to? When I spoke, because I didn't expect to. And the first time I did, it was a very wide shot. And I was quite upset because I thought I wasted all this emotion, which you can't fake, you, you shouldn't. If it's not there, do it a different way. I promise you. It's phony otherwise. Don't do it. If you don't have that emotion, don't pretend that you have. But I had all this emotion, this very wide shot, and I was oh disappointed because I knew it was very wide. But anyway, he cut, not very close, but closer. And uh, fortunately, the emotion was still there. And I'd, I did it about four times. I did it a lot more times on, for the cutaways, none of which he used. None of which, you know, because there was Charlotte there, he had what he wanted. And, and so it, it's unusual that... Um, the timing is, is entirely mine. It's, it's not cut. So when I get upset and it stops, it stops. And when I make a little joke that I think of, it's my side. And I saw that before I saw the film, because he showed it me in ADR, because he wanted to add some, some words uh, after I'd finished speaking off camera. In fact, he didn't use them but they wanted me to see the, the speech before. And I was uh, very touched by it. But they'd done it that way, without cutaways. None, not one. Did you uh, always... Well, was the ending, the ending that we see, the very ambiguous it was, ending, it was, was always, it always there in the script? Always in, because I, when I read it, I couldn't wait to show my wife but I said, why does she turn away from him at the end? And she said, well, she took neither side. Though obviously, she, you know, she could feel the woman's side. Because, well, he's put her you know, through, through a lot. And, and it always, that's how it always was, his end. Much was changed on the journey to that, to the, that far. Um, but also, it was insistent that uh, my speech was moving which I never thought it was, but all of a sudden it was. And we added to it, and he allowed me to play around with it. And um, in fact, because he wrote it, he didn't have to keep asking the director, it was all right for the actors to have some ideas about the text, <laughs> which I loved, because I, especially if you're well cast, you know, you, in your, you know I've written things, you know, one wants to put these things in, and you shouldn't be denied. And... Uh, but, and if you're, if, you know, you have an idea, so should I say, and people go, oh, you know, you don't argue, you've got your reaction. But sometimes you get an idea to say something and people might laugh or welcome it and then that's lovely, so take it in. It should be a cooperation, cooperative. Um, how much of your own long marriage did you draw on? Well, the bit that makes me laugh the most is... Uh, to my, you know, it's not funny, well, it is me, when um, he doesn't want to go to his friend's lunch. 
And that's very much like my life at home, saying, um, why don't you want to go? I just don't want to go. Well, he's your friend. He's taking a lot of trouble. Oh, all right, I'll go. <laughs> that's always happening to me. I get, you get, so all that domestic side is, is, is good. It's very real. The woman puts pressure on you to behave properly <laughs> when you don't want to. That was a good question, that one. That was a good question. We can, we can ask more personal questions like that. Oh, no, don't. Go, that's as personal as I'm willing to, to go. Well, as far as I know. Yeah, I'll tell you about there. the underpants. They were white because my wife made, said all my underpants were grey and threw them all out and we got a whole new fresh white set. <laughs> So when people criticise the underpants, it's my wife's fault. But Andrew, he liked them like that. <laughs> the film takes us from Monday to Saturday. Were there any discussions as to what happens on Sunday? The Monday to Saturday, as far as I recall, was not in the script. That was part of his, just as cutting some scenes and adding some words off-screen was all part of his development. Uh, that wasn't in the script. Just found that way of... That's what he found. He's an editor, you see. That's how he, he, he grew in, in the business, as an editor. And there was some, there were, we did a lot... At the party, we did a lot of improvisation, and... Um, on the morning of the party, we're walking the dog. The dog, jeez. <laughs> it was like an old-fashioned sort of Hollywood movie star, very good-looking and terrible actor. <laughs> I mean, he just would not do what he was supposed to do. And it was quite a worry, actually. They had to pretend he was there with making dog breathing noises. But he, he would have been sitting there all the time, but would he? No. Anyway, we're walking the dog, and um, um, on a boardwalk, we found, and, and Andrew said, oh, just talk, just talk. So there are trees either side of the boardwalk, and I did this ornithological um, essay which I, about the difference between um, tree creepers and nuthatches. Tree creepers, you see in a wood, and you see it, Little bird fly down to the bottom of the trunk and go its way up. Okay, that's a tree creeper. If one goes to the top and works its way down, upside down, that's a nut hatch. And that is all ornithologically kosher. But I didn't think for a minute he would use it, but there it is in the film. And that's typical Andrew. Uh, but then he uses it to go on to talk about hobbies and he can segue into a hobby of playing the piano that we all. You know, the two of them will get, sort of think of their own lives, and you know, so he sort of used it for that. But there was a lot of improvisation, and some was used and some not. He let me put in my little jokes, my, and it, some of them are there when he says, "Well, I'll make you some scrambled eggs. Here's your favourite." Because I, Charlotte was never sure about his little jokes, but I thought I'll get one in here. And as I left, you don't have to be in the picture. I said, "Have we got any eggs?" And that's on the film. It pleases me to see them in the film, my little <laughs> jokes. 
D did you enjoy doing the improvisation? Yeah, I love it. Well, if you're well cast. Yeah. But, this, I mean, on the whole, to improvise a whole script, I don't approve of at all. And when you have beautiful speeches, like I had when he describes the girl's death and all that, I find the, the better I know them, the more I can make it sound as though I'm making them up. I don't like improvisation of whole scenes, you know, and groping for something, because you can have no rhythm, you know, because the whole thing is rhythm and, and uh, dynamic, you know, loud, quiet, you know, and that gives it life and force and direction. Um, well, that's the end of my lecture. But, you know, the, the more you know them, the more you can shape them and make them and make them real and proper, true. But that doesn't mean to say you can't throw in the odd little idea you get now and again, if it seems opposite. I mean, just one word I put in when he's talking about um, how they got up at four in the morning. I said, four in the fucking morning. Just so, I like the alliteration of the two Fs, and Andrew said not a word. He didn't say... And then we'd agreed, actually, because I like swearing. And it's very good in the part that he would. And we agreed that after this extraordinary lines about she looked like she did in 1962 and I looked like this. Fuck me. We'd agreed to fuck me because he said fuck. I said, no, I don't fuck me. And when I, I did, we did two or three fuck me's and then he said, you know, there's no need for you to say fuck me. So that went. But that was, you know, a little tiny example of how you play around with things and, you know, it's called um, having fun, really, I suppose. And trying helps, things out. And it helps you to get into the mood. Well, I was, all, I was in the mood. You know, it helped me not to say, fuck me. I <laughs> 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 hadn't any trouble getting in the mood. Not with this. Uh, was, um, in terms of just staying on the improvisation for a minute, was Charlotte's process similar to yours? With she that, or like does she prefer much as, to uh, she prefers a stick sort of to the script? Structure. Yeah. I would say on the whole. Um, there just seemed to be a gap around um, Charlotte's history, or Kate's history, and um, some of the very big decisions, like um, perhaps the, there was an indication that Katya may have been pregnant when she died, yeah, well, she... and that perhaps that was a decision that you'd had between you to not have a child. But there, there seemed to be big holes. There was a lot about your history and your... Uh, and, and, uh, emotions there but not so much about her history and perhaps her anger and her silence in the party it just felt perhaps there were some aspects missing and I wondered whether those were cut from the scene or whether that was part there of the was original story there was a lot story. less um, in the film about babies uh, Geraldine uh, Polly, Polly Wells uh, was it oh, Dolly Polly I'm telling her part was cut almost completely. She was Geraldine James' daughter who had a baby. But he didn't want to be about not having babies. And my wife noticed this very much, because we don't have a baby. Uh, all, that was gone. But the pregnant, that the girl was pregnant, yeah. But there was, he didn't want to make that what it was all about. You've got to ask him, really. But that, that it was watered down, and and they never directly ever talked about it. 
And I asked, uh, one thing I did ask Andrew before we started shooting was, um, you know, would it, wouldn't it be better if she couldn't have children? And then it would be more painful when the girl was pregnant. And wouldn't Charlotte prefer that? But Charlotte was cool with it as it was, and Andrew said that, you know, she's, you know, that's how they want it. So that's how it is. Whether it would be better the other way, I, I can't say. But you've got to ask Andrew. He didn't want anything to be, he didn't want to be about not having babies. Somebody did ask you if you thought about what happened on Sunday, and I did wonder if anybody had thought about that. Yes, what happened well, on Sunday? Well, we can't. It was always from the start she was going to turn away. I thought it was quite, having thought it was quite a good end in that they're not going to go off into the sunset. It's never going to be quite the same again. And I started thinking about it, and the other, quite recently I thought, well, maybe he does go to lay the ghost and somehow finds a way of going to Switzerland. She goes, I, I would think she would go away somewhere. Maybe he will get himself there and put an end to this dream. This Because he, even in the writing, as it is, this occurred to me the other day, the girl he so now is in love with, she was flirting with somebody else just before she died. So it, may, it probably wouldn't have worked out that well. But it's this uncertainty which I think is part of the charm of the film. And, uh, but we, we can't be sure what will happen next. But you can sort of draw your own conclusions, really. I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there. But please nice, join me nice. in thanking Tom Portman. Thank you.